This episode of Lucas Tigers and Browns is brought to you by PWCC. Head over to pwccmarketplace.com and register. It only takes a few minutes, and it's 100% free. There you'll find weekly auctions with thousands of items, all starting at $10, closing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You have to be registered to bid. They have the most transparent buyer's premium feature in the industry and extended bidding like no other auction house. Give it a try. You might find something you love. Luca Nation, what's going on? Episode 716, and uh, this is someone who I guess started as a as a guest of the show, and over you know the last two years we've gotten to know each other, and and just from a personal standpoint, I really respect how you operate uh, and how you lead specifically. You know, you have a team of salespeople under you. Uh, I've gotten to know Eric Myers really well. Brock is just killing it. The Wharf has just joined the team, and I, I really respect how you you know you give your your team autonomy, but also kind of guide them. Uh, and I think you're very knowledgeable in the market as well. So you guys know Jesse Craig. He's from PWCC. And over the last year and a half, I, I can't name a business that's grown leaps and bounds like PWCC by doing right by their customers, right? You you see all of these improvements, additions to the business. We all knew they had the vault. We all knew they had the premier auctions. Now, weekly auctions are killing it. We have the fixed marketplace. There's so much stuff that they're doing. Uh, and I feel like you guys are one of the the, the cream of the crop where uh, businesses that put customers first. So I'm really excited. We'll talk a little bit about PWCC because believe it or not, Cage, I don't know if you get these DMs, but I get them. A lot of people are now starting to send their card from our audience are new to the hobby. They just got in. And they're, they're starting to, you know, I want to send my cards to PWCC. I'm buying them weekly. I told you a buddy on the day who bought the Tom Brady patch card from the weekly auction just this weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about PWCC, a little bit about the market, and a little bit about national. So a little bit longer today intro, KJ, I apologize. but This is like one of my intros. I love it. Keep I going. To Jesse from to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Good to be here. It's been too long. And what is this episode? 700 and something? Good Lord. 716. That's crazy. Something like that. You I don't know how many episodes. We it's get the been... number wrong every time. <laughs> I was listening to something you did, kind of like a short segment. I think Alex Jaimo does this really well, like kind of like the quick hitters. And I think it was last year you were talking uh, about, you know, market prediction or like kind of what you're feeling and you said 2022 will be kind of the year of vintage right actually she asked him what's going to be hot what's going to be hot he didn't say you know i mean there were people who were like alex yo you you're hot in 2022 <laughs> i mean uh, he jesse did not do that he did not but but he had a different answer he took it a different way right he talked about the market right 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 yeah, yeah yeah it was it was vintage um i just i believe that with the meteoric rise that we had in a lot of these modern and specifically the ultra modern cards uh, that they were going to eventually struggle. And if there was any in look, our economy was due for some kind of pullback, right? Whether it's uh, an, a full blown recession or just a pullback, but I'm not an economist. So I, I don't know, you know, I don't want to speak too much uh, uh, on things that I don't gibberish understand. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I figured that if that was going to happen, then the things, you know, when markets struggle, um, it's usually the high risk assets and the commodities that struggle the most because the commodities are readily available. You don't have to buy this one this week because, you know, you can get one next week or the week after. And then the high risk assets are the first thing that people dump. So for me, vintage was kind of being undermined by a lot of these high end assets or high end modern assets. And I just felt like it still had a lot of leg, uh, a lot of legway and uh, runway to go up in value. And that's why I felt like once those things start struggling, well, then vintage will have its time to shine. Cage, did you get a chance to see, um, guys, I recommend this Chris Hodge's story. Uh, it, it was Today, from a few, yesterday. I mean, a few oh, days ago. It was the, I love before, Chris, but sometimes you have yeah. to dedicate an hour to <laughs> stories. And they're all useful. I mean, it's a worthwhile hour. Is it the one where they've broken down the indexes now to the pre-war, the vintage, the yeah. modern, and then the different charts? It, yeah, I, that love that. Yes, I, I love that. I love how he did that. Pre-war is before 1945. Vintage is 1945 to 1983. Modern is 1984 to 2008, which I find interesting. And then ultra modern is 2009 to present. And just like you said, 
I mean, ultramoderns killed it the last four years, right? Sure. But just yeah. this last year, pre-war is up 71%, vintage is up 40, modern is down 9%, and ultramodern is only up 20%. And is that lower supply? Is that just the reason? Scarcity? What 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 do you guys kind of what's the theory to that? Cage, you go first. Well, I mean, if we're Cage talking about pre-war. If we talk about yeah, what's funny, the first thing that I thought of with that was it's a, it's a different definition of vintage, and I wonder if that's now um, you know something that maybe Collectors Universe, you know PSA is going to also adopt. You know, it used to be pre nineteen seventy one was vintage, although I'm sure there's probably not a lot of people out there who would look at a you know a seventy three Hank Aaron or you know one of those cards and think it's not vintage anymore. Things have to change over time. I get you know eighty three, you know you're talking about still cards that are forty years old. Or older is vintage. I'm I'm pretty vintage, I guess. Right, that's right around me. Right, seventy two. I look at that. And I'm like, that's older than me. So it's got to be vintage, you know. But but uh, that was the first thing I thought. The second thing is, we talk about this, man. It's a flight to quality, right? It's when there's uncertainty, people go to what they know. People go to what is certain. People, you know, go to stuff that has a track record. No matter how good an ultra modern card is, or you know, the comps for similar cards or similar players, they don't have a long track record. I mean, cards in general do, but, you know, some of these guys, they don't have a track record. And, and there's, you know, these, these multi-million dollar modern sales, it's, it's a new phenomenon. So, so, you know, I'm not saying that's not going to happen. And I'm not saying that, you know, the, the ultra modern segment is, you know, is, 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 is due for, you know, a, a major correction. I'm sure there are some great assets that will continue to go up. We see them sell, you know, sell every day, the right cards, the right ones, but, it's it's a natural human thing to kind of say, all right, you know what? These things have been doing this for the last 50 years, 40 years, 30 years. I can go back. All right, I see some spikes. I see this. But if I put my money there now, it's safer. You know, it's less volatile than having it somewhere else. And you know what? When the market kind of calms down and, you know, resets, I can move it out of that and put it into some more riskier stuff or you know, it's a place to kind of diversify. Can I, can I also add a little context? Um People yeah. out there who are listening, they might think these are $20,000, $50,000 cards, but it's not the case. In some of the pre-war stuff, like uh, the Ted Williams 1939 Playball uh, SGC1 is, is a $3,500 card. So, so these are affordable. And I, I've been seeing a lot more on uh, the weekly auctions that you guys have been running. How's yeah. that been going? Because w when did you launch weekly auctions? Uh, that was in uh, – weekly was in January. In so January. We, had, we, we did a few months of monthly – um, and then we pivoted towards uh, towards uh, weekly uh, in January for more liquidity for our clients. How's it been going? I'm just curious. I have, time. I have a blast, but like, yeah. how's it been going from the from the PWCC perspective? Good, good. Look, I mean, look, like anybody, um, you know, depending on what the asset is that's sold, you know, we're seeing, um, you know, that affect pricing. It's it's just it's just the nature of the economy we're in. Stock market's taking a hit. Crypto's taking a massive hit. Um, you know, rates have gone up, inflation's up, everything's kind of crazy high right now and nothing outside of the stock market and crypto, nothing's come down from uh, a, a uh, expense perspective. So uh, it's a, it's a unique time, but look, we have, we've had the, you know, we're the first people to create indices comparing the trading card market to the S&P 500. So we have data to go back to the 08 recession that we had and show that while trading cards did go down, they actually went down significantly less than the majority of other assets, specifically tangible assets uh, and the stock market. So when I, when I came back in in 2017 to bring my money in from the stock market, that was the first thing that I looked at. You guys had those charts. You guys already had that data. It's on their site. You can find it, Andrew. It's, it's on PWCC's website. Yeah. The best part about that is... Yeah, Under they, the I research mean, tab, right? Yeah, research. They have them. They have like, you know, uh, you know, their index of, of, of cards, vintage, you name it, the whole nine yards. And it, it does it in the matchup against the S&P. And it, it, look, it, it is what it is. You got to go look at a little bit deeper into what those cards are, what the grades are. But you, you could probably figure it out if you spent a little bit of time, you know, what cards you'd put in that type of a portfolio. But, but Jesse, what, what you're kind of touching on, and I'll just hammer the nail home on this, is, you know, Andrew's talking about a flight to quality on cards. And he talked about how, you know, people we know who are coming into the hobby now or people who are listeners are utilizing PWCC more, buying and vaulting, you know, looking on the weekly auctions to buy cards. Um, when I talk about a flight to quality, there's two layers to that. Um, it's not just the cards, the assets themselves. It's where the assets are being bought and housed. 
And you guys are one of the few. I know we talk about weekly auctions starting in January, but you've been here forever. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you've been here doing this forever. And the, you know, eBay, no eBay, pre-eBay, no, mm-hmm. you know, and your own stuff. The the business model, for lack of a better way of saying it, has not really changed. You know, you have your 1884 Lawson's, you know, play cards right up to, you know, the 2022 shiny shit, right? You have it all. You run the gamut, right? And, you know, there's, there's, um, and you add in tech and you add in robots and you add in all the other fun stuff. But people, just like they look to, you know, more pre-war or vintage cards for a track record, I mean, maybe we could talk a little bit about that because, you know, there seems to be a new card business that pops up every three minutes, a new breaker that's here. How long has PWCC been around? Because I think that people realize that when they hear that, they're like, okay, well, these guys aren't going anywhere. They know what they're doing. You know, they know how to market. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, look, Brent's been selling cards on, uh, on eBay for 20 years. You know, he has two engineering degrees. He was doing it while he was, you know, in college. And that in turn spun what is PWCC today. That's the the genesis and the the beginning of it. So, um, you know, he he's yeah, it's got it must have been 90, 1990 something, 96, 97 was the first time he sold a card on eBay when it was very, very new. The Internet was very new. Dial up all that kind of crap. So he's been on, you know, he's been on eBay for forever. Um, obviously, we're on our own platform now. But, uh, you know, we we understand this market, in my opinion, better than most. Um, and, you know, Brent's vision for what our market was going to become was second to none. He's the first people person to ever talk about trading cards as a tangible asset, talk in that, in that manner as something that's investable, not just a hobby. Uh, and I mean, the vaults was being built and designed in 2017. If that gives you any indication, you know, we were the first ones to ever have a vault for trading cards. And now it seems like everybody and their mom has a vault. Um, you know, so we, and eBay just came out and launched their vault. Oh, I wonder where you got that grand idea, eBay. Yeah, I'll take a shot at eBay because they're basically sounding like the first people to ever do a vault. Give me a break. Um, it's I was just, vaulting cards in 17. It's kind of ridiculous. You know, 100%. I was yeah. vaulting with these I was going to ask that because 1996, to me, eBay still feels like the same business that was operating in 1996. And they do these like little kind of features. Like now they're doing live shopping. But it always yeah. feels like they're just it's doing like it because I think someone else does it. Whatnot on that, yeah. But it always—it doesn't feel innovative. It always feels kind of like responsive, reactive. reactive. Yeah, yeah, because they don't know cards. But but it's cards true. are such a big part of their business. Well, it is now. It wasn't before. <laughs> so you know they became they they started focusing more attention on trading cards. Uh, probably late 2020 once they started seeing the numbers that were really flying in and that category taking off. Um, but trust me, it was a very small percentage of their their business before then, and they they did not put too much attention towards it. Now I'm sure times have changed. I see the money that they're spending at these shows and these crazy booths and all this kind of stuff. So they're obviously focused on the category. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Innovation is something that we've always really focused on and try to be first to market with a lot of things. Um, you know, now we have such a large company, it's harder. Which I understand eBay. So you know, to be fair to eBay, the bigger you get, the the harder it is to move fast. And that's that's the truth. So, you know, I will give them a little bit of grace there because whenever we ask them to change something in the past, it was always very difficult because also if you change code, you don't know what it's going to affect, so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, innovation's huge. And we have innovated in the past. The first people to ever lend on trading cards. Uh, you know, there's other people doing that now, obviously. But, uh, you know, we, we always try to try to fill a need that uh, sometimes people don't feel like they know they need yet. I mean, I'll speak for, from Cage and I, we, we do things a little different, but I think what's cool about PWCC, it works for both of us, right? So for me, you guys know I've been buying tons of cards that are like 50 bucks and under that I just feel, I mean, grading, it's funny, cards have gone down in value, grading has gone up in value. And you have in the modern era, like you have Kobe's Shaqs, Ray Allen's, Grant Hill, I mean, Hakeem's that are like selling for like 20 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And what I think is cool is with PWCC, I'm able to buy tons of cards. Like I bought 65 cards in that $50 range this weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay shipping on each individual card. I don't right. have to pay tax, right? I bought them. I bought them Sunday. I paid for them Monday. I'm getting them in the mail by Thursday, all in one package. I feel like that is a more of a modern way to buy cards than buying each one on eBay and having to pay shipping and having tons of little uh, padded envelopes here. Right. Did you guys just like kind of stumble upon that or is that because you've been doing it for so long, you've been 
this is what the customer needs and you're you're watching and you're seeing and we need inventory for whatnot we we need inventory for lube we need inventory for shows mm-hmm. dealers come to you guys how did you guys get to that well i mean it's just it's us curating and spending all the time and energy to prepare the asset get it ready list it describe it all that kind of stuff right image it we do all of the work for you um and that's part of the service offering and so when you buy from us it's all coming from one place if you buy on ebay like you said you don't know might be seven different sellers might come in a bunch of different packages you have to communicate with seven different people um there are advantages obviously you know us you know we charge a premium versus if you go on ebay and sell it yourself um at cert- there's certain thresholds where that's actually not true but um but we do all the work very true so, you know we, and the we- work that's being talked about here Andrew, let's not poo poo it right so it provides a level of of uh safety for transacting also with people you put a card in the vault right and you want to sell it to someone while you're at national or wherever you are right there's a high res image of the card you share a link to that card with somebody your vault to somebody say here's what it is and it's not somebody taking a picture with their iphone 8 that they're slanting the card to show a little bit less of the off-centered and try to capture the light and the flash bulb on one of the surface areas it's a legit third party taking a picture with a high res to show any flaws or anything that as a buyer, you're now going, okay, well, I know what I'm getting here. And then, you know, you, you consummate, you know, like basically like a vault transfer. The mm-hmm. person, you, you, it is, it is the future here. It's almost like digital cards. If I dare say it, right. You could buy a card, never touch the thing, put it in your vault, right. Show pictures, show links, yep. have them finalize the transaction, you know, third party, the funds, you know, it's create, instantly transferred. And it's so transferred. It's paid. It's transferred instantly to your role. It's yep. the future. So, I mean, we've basically been doing NFTs for three plus years. <laughs> I mean, basically, right? Uh, that's that's really what it is. And what people need to understand too, it's you know, when these assets are digitally archived with us, you know, stored, insured, they're still your cards. You know, you have full access, full control over them. Consider us your receiving center, consider us your fulfillment center, you know, consider us your liquidity option, your lender. I mean, we have all we try to do is build tools and services that help the collector investor. And that's that's a big focus of ours. A lot of them tie into our marketplaces, but you know, making everything easier for the, you know, the end user is is a big deal to us. And that's what we really try to focus on. And you know, because of that, we've turned into predominantly a tech company. It's really what we've what we've become. Why is iAppeal becoming so popular? Well, <laughs> I think that's actually yeah, nice, nice pivot there. Uh, <laughs> I think it's actually pretty simple. It, you look at a card and a card looks better. You know, each grade or sorry, each card in the same respective grade looks different. Right. And that's the beauty of trading cards. And that's why, you know, I love StockX. A lot of, I love a lot of things they do. I knew trading cards would never work with them because each card's unique. Just because you have a PSA seven of a card, you can't put a stock image up of that because every card looks different. You know, maybe this card's a little bit more off center than another card, but the corners are better than another card, right? There's all these factors that come into play when you give an overall assessment of a trading card. And so when we look at a card for eye appeal, we look at all those factors and we basically say, well, this card is really nice within the respective grade. And we give it a scale, you know, A is the top 30%, E is the top 15 and S is the top five. And if we give something an S sticker, we're either saying it's like one of the nicest cards we've ever seen in that grade or we think it's undergraded. Uh, that's that's basically what what the S S sticker means. And what people need to keep in mind, and I know a lot of people in our market have heard me talk about this before, is the human element that is grading. There will always be a human element. I don't think you can ever have a computer do it. You got to have some kind of quality control with a human being. But someone can be having a good day. Someone can be having a bad day. And that can affect the grade. So if you get grades back and you don't believe in it, crack it and resubmit it. That's what, that's, that's what I would do. If you, if you think, if you believe that that card should be graded higher, give it another shot. Now, if you don't know trading cards very well, that might cost you some money. So make sure you get educated and learn what condition really is. But, but that's my- what I'm doing with the Wilt um, that I bought, the top 95% one. I'm going to crack it. I think I'm going to get a 10 on that piece. The one you paid six and change, 100,000, but you paid almost 700,000 for oh, that one. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to crack it somewhere crack around it that little guy. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's pretty risky. That's, you know, I, I think uh, the dollar amount does matter here. <laughs> Cage always says scared money don't make no money. That's right. Let's crack it. Yeah, crack that's it out. true. Scared money. But I win that, uh, you know. Either. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> Who does the eye appeal though? Like, is that a team of people? Is yeah. it reviewed by a few? 
It is. Yeah, we have we have a team of people to do it. Yeah. They have a coffee shop next door. They invite the the barista in. They bring some coffee and say, "Hey, what do you think? Is this really an angel?" Oh yeah, yeah. Of we course, they have a local Starbucks barista. Yeah. You know what the eye appeal reminds me of? Um, you know, and I'm sure you guys have have more to it than this, but you know, it reminds me of I watch baseball, and they now have tech, right? And you know, they have replays and they have slow motion and they have you know review. They don't have it for the for the pitches yet. Right, but you know, you watch somebody throw a pitch, and the ump calls it a ball. But then they show the thing, and it's like right through the strike zone. You're like, "How is this? How is it a ball?" Like, I, I saw like, one the other day that was right through the middle of the strike zone, yeah. and they're all looking around like, "What? Like, how is that a ball?" Yeah. That ump is the grading companies. That ump, you know, on certain days they miss things. They, they miss, miss things, things right? And yeah. you know, sometimes the eye appeal. It's it's a second look. You know, it's a yeah. it's a second it view is. of it, and you know, and yeah, it's look. more. We miss things. We make mistakes, too. We're human beings. So it's, you know, I am sensitive to the grading companies. They don't have an easy job. No. Like, let's just let's be real about it. It's not an easy job. It's, you know, you're talking about you're playing with someone's money, uh, right? Like there if you give them a nine or a ten, it can drastically impact them financially. So there's a lot of emotions at play. Um, it's, it's not, it's not an easy job for any, anybody that wants to get in the grading game. It's not, uh, not all roses. It's gotten easier recently, Jesse. I mean, it's like, Oh, this is cages order. Five, six, seven, five, 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 six, seven, seven. You sent in a bunch of a uh, bunch of, bi- of beat up vintage. No, I sent in shit. That was 10, six months pack, ago. Pack pulled Marvel from 1990. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been, I was, I was, I had a mission to try to make a, a, a PSA 10 1990 Marvel set. And I was I was making really good progress on it until recently. Okay. okay. Until until I submitted eighty one cards in January of twenty twenty, just got them back and got zero tens. Wait, you say January of twenty twenty? Uh, January twenty twenty one, December of twenty twenty. My bad. Yeah, January of twenty twenty one and December of twenty twenty. So a year and a half. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, we're just just getting them back and no tens. None, not anymore. None? Ones, from, ones from earlier in the year, from the same boxes, or from you know the same case as other boxes. You know, I broke a couple boxes and sent the cards. Broke a couple boxes, sent the cards. Broke a couple boxes. Point being, I used to get a lot of tens, like enough to start building a set. Not anymore. I made no progress in the last couple months. None. I'm curious. So, like last February was kind of a big boom, right? Mm-hmm. And and we think like the the retail guys got hit, but I also think some you guys deal with a lot of whales. Right. And typically, okay, whales, they buy Jordan PSA 10 Fleers, they buy vintage, but that's not always the case. They also buy, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, they also buy Kaboom, uh, Luca, they buy Zion, they buy modern. Mm-hmm. Let's say I spent about a mil on those, like the modern national treasures, the one of ones. And I come to you, Jesse, and say, like, I'm like underwater, like I'm down like 60%. You know, what do I do? Do you guys give portfolio advice? I believe your team does. But like, if you do, what would you recommend? Yeah, I mean, look, we understand the market really well. We, we don't want to pretend like we're financial advisors by any means. Um, so we will give some, we would tell someone what our opinion is, uh, you know, take it for what it's worth. But, you know, to be clear, the low serial numbered um, ultra modern stuff, modern stuff, that hasn't been affected as much. I'm talking about the really, really rare stuff. Now, there is seasonality involved, too. We can't forget about that, right? Like this month, last month are the two worst months of the entire year from a seasonality perspective, because we all know that basketball cards start going down right when playoffs start, unless something drastically happens in the playoffs. Football's not active, right? So there you have the two sports that drive our market the most from a price perspective in the modern, ultra modern game. They're not mostly guys aren't playing. So those cards go so now, if you're a if you're a Luca investor, if you're a a Zion, I mean, I saw some pictures of Zion recently. Like, let's all get hyped on the Zion train again, right? <laughs> the guy he's looked got like that MJ trying. earring now, huh? Like the bigger earrings are back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's he's trying to throw it back now. So, but look, you can find opportunity even in the ultra high end market if you believe those assets or those players are going to perform. But that's risky, right? Like I always tell everyone, it's it's almost like a balanced portfolio. How much of your your portfolio is vintage, kind of mid-vintage, how much of it's modern, ultra-modern, and depending on how risky you want that thing, um, that's going to determine you know how big those buckets are. Buying in June for the last couple of years has always been a very good thing. Yes, yes, yes. So July, month? so our next premier auction launches 
Uh, I think it's like the seventh. It'll run for two weeks and on the um, 21st, I believe. Of, right of before tomorrow. national. Right before national. So it's a good time to buy some inventory, you know, get liquid cash for the show if you, uh, you want to submit stuff, whatever it may be. But July is going to be a good indicator, I believe, for our industry on how some prices are going to do compared to May and June. I believe they'll start ticking up for the majority of cards, the cards that have been down. Um, I, I really do. And I think that um, August as well, preseason football, right? And that's why it's kind of like you're starting to catch this train that is the national, then it's preseason football, then basketball's right on the corner, football season's going. And that's when the really exciting time of the year for our market usually happens. Now, we have a struggling economy. So is it going to be absolute gangbusters like it's been the last couple of years? Likely not. But I do think that there's still some very real ROI plays that can be made across really you know, all segments of, of the market. You just, you're not going to double up and triple up and be as spoiled as we have been the last few years. And that's a fact. You also don't have like, cage. you've bought cars with crypto, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. When crypto sets highs, that does also impact because you guys accept crypto as a payment, right? We do. We do. So, yeah. so when crypto was at highs, were pe- was there more action and liquidity at those higher end places? Oh, I don't, I don't think there's any question. Um, I don't think crypto drives our market by any means, but, but it's still it's another source of income and another um, currency, I guess, that that can come in and affect our market. I mean, we had, you know, to be completely frank, we had a couple of cards go unpaid in this last premiere because those guys were going to pay with crypto and it took an absolute shit. And they're like, I just don't have the money. I'm, and these are guys that have had fifty, hundred thousand dollar paid invoices with us consistently. And they're like, I just don't have the money. Because it tanked in a week and a half. You lost Basically, like yeah. Yeah. 60, so, 70. So it's real. Um, you know, it does affect the market to an extent. And, you know, maybe it affected uh, extended bidding a little bit where, you know, we didn't get uh, some extra bids on some cards. We might have because crypto took such a bath. I mean, it was that was a pretty drastic bath that I don't think a lot of us anticipated, especially to that magnitude. I always thought that crypto had this kind of invisible floor around 30K. Um, I think a lot of us kind of did. And uh, it sure blew past that. Jesus. Can I tell you Cage's theory? Because he's actually right more often than he's not. He's not really? just all looked. Yeah. <laughs> he says last, last, he's not, he's a saver, man. Uh, we had the yesterday's episode was actually a, a very popular one where it wasn't really cards. We were talking about like in this economy, man, we've kind of lost sight of tried and true principles. Like mm-hmm. saving money is not even discussed. Like, right. It's like max out all your stuff. And, but Cage said it's it all going to the moon. <laughs> last, last, you, you help me wear this last times high is it provides support for this times low. So like, right. The cycles. Right. So, so last time Bitcoin cycled up, its high was 18, okay. 18 and change. 2017. In 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and so what my take on it is, is that those, those ceilings, you know, the tops from the last cycle become the floors for the next. Got it. And it happens more often than you'd think. And so my invisible floor for Bitcoin has always been basically the 18, 19 that it hit last week. Okay. That was the old high in 2017. And if you really read into that, while the cycle will probably take another four or five years, you know, when it goes back up, because I do envision it will go back up, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not completely exposed to Bitcoin. I have some. Um, but when it passes 69.4 or whatever the heck it was, you know, or seven, you know, I don't know if it ever actually hit 70, but, you know, 69 ish was, you know, a nice crypto number. They all think that's funny because um, they're all children. Um, <laughs> You know, so once it goes Those up, children to are going to be adults soon. In five years, they're if it comes back down, maybe that that new sixty nine high will become the floor for the next humongous, you know, run up in twenty twenty nine. Who knows? We'll huh, see. Interesting. That's funny. The sixty nine thing. I have uh, a buddy that uh, that does some TV and some podcasts, and whenever they mention a score of a game. Yeah, nice. Nice. 69 to 47. Nice. Well, I mean, you realize what you're dealing with when on the day it's making high, everyone's like, let's pin it at 69,420. I know. 69,420. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Oh, Andrew explained it to me. (laughs) Oh, I bet he did. (laughs) People are are sleeping on Dogecoin. Have you noticed that? They don't even talk about it anymore. I want to ask you, well, we'll talk about that a different time. But no, like it used to be the talk of town and now no one's even talking about it. And it has network effect. And, and 
merchants accepted. But I want to ask you a different question. Why hire a sales team, right? You guys have the best tech in the game, in my opinion. You know, a lot of companies are like these. This is expense, you know, customer service. One of the things I, I, I like about PSC is, is the customer service plus the tech. A lot of times companies either do one or the other. Why? Is it fair to say you're expanding your sales team? Yeah, we brought on three guys this month. Um, so, look, we're doubling down on everything. It's not just because the, the economy is struggling. We're still very, very, very bullish on this market and trading cards in general and tangible assets really in general. Um, but the sales team is the first line of defense, even really before, um, our customer service. So you have a direct line to your sales rep. Well, they can help you with certain things. And this is a relationship business for a lot of the guys that frequently buy and sell, uh, you know, we're long-term players, we're long-term relationship guys. And so relationships are very important and we want to make sure that we have a team that's able to support that. And look, let's, let's be frank. It drives business, right? If we can have more guys in here that are able to do more dials and call more people and, pay more attention to them and talk to them more about the services that we offer, because it is shocking to me still that some people don't understand the full capacity of, of what we do as a company. Uh, but it's true. It's out there. People don't know. And so it's our job to reach out to them, educate them and, um, you know, ultimately help them out and be the first line of defense. It's white glove service. You know, a little something about that, Andrew. So what's funny about it is I have a lot of, you know, friends who are in the plaintiff's bar, right. And they schmooze the unions and they do all that fun stuff. Right. And they get cases. But what they'll tell you if, you know, you're out for drinks and you're, you know, you're being honest, it's getting the client is just the first step. Hanging on to the client sometimes is a little more difficult because all it takes is, you know, at a at a barbecue, a family function, you know, my cousin's neighbor shows up and is whispering in your ear about all the great things he can do for you. He'll get you more money. Your lawyer is not answering the phone. We'll answer the phone for you. We'll be there 24 seven. Just bring your case over to me sure. and the, you know, the value that it's worth. It's sort of the same thing here, right? I mean, you know, you know, at the higher level, not not guppies like me, but at the whale level, especially, right? It's, I mean, look, I, I, this is the only time I get to call myself small, Jesse. So let let me have this, right? Forty five pounds, right? <laughs> right. I'm getting smaller. I but, love I mean, it. Jesse said it. He said, you know, the bigger you get, the harder it is to move fast. I mean, I'm a walking testament to that. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about eBay, but it applies to me too. 10,000 so, steps for what 2000 two months now yeah, since June 2nd I haven't I haven't oh, gone boy. to sleep without that 10,000 steps you know I'm trying to get like 12 13,000 but it's raining today so it's going to be a little tougher I'm going to get out there what I think your team does like Eric uh I, I guess Eric's I, I think he's a friend he you you guys the team never feels like they're selling like they always call and it's more like how are you doing how's life what are you available right I mean the people who are submitting cards I mean they have people who submit millions of dollars of mm -hmm. cards to them right they have to be available that person might want to move something around in their portfolio they might want to you know have a card sent to them or hey can we bring it to national like or hey you know I think my 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 three million dollar portfolio is overexposed to Mahomes which one of these couple do you think we should sell and move it into Josh Allen this season or I got a lot of break oh, you know, they have the experience to do that. And it means a lot to somebody like that who can, you know, they can pick up the phone and have that conversation with these guys who know what they're doing. There's yeah, value in that. Like I mentioned, it comes down to relationships, right? Um, you know, I was the first sales guy here and um, I tried to, you know, teach what was successful for me to all these guys, but everybody comes with their own little um, style and flair, which is great. Uh, I like the individuality of it, but you know, there's some core principles as a team that we adhere to. And so, you know, it's it's worked out really well. Um, you know, we have been pretty successful as a team. And look, I'm I'm happy to lose money on something to keep someone long term. Uh, you know, that's that's really the the nature of it. It's it is a long term relationship, and I really mean that when I say that that we you know we're in this for the long haul with our clients, and it's it's good business. Like you know, people can say they're greedy because they're going after stuff short term. Well, maybe we're greedy because we're going after stuff long term. It's just a different approach. There's I mean, a lot. <laughs> Makes sense though. You want these customers long term, not short term. Yeah, hundred percent. So there's a there's a lot of. I, I think that market's healthy, and here's why I think the market's healthy. It's, it has nothing to do with prices of cards. It has to do with participants, attention, and businesses starting out. Right. Um, you've been so you just mentioned it. You're a first salesperson at PWCC. You were there through when you guys were on eBay. Now you build out the tech and completely you're what you guys offer is insane. I agree. It's, it's crazy that people don't know all the offerings and we'll get into that in a second, but like you've been through a few cycles. You were a salesperson. Now you're a sales manager. You're a leader. 
what advice, not the collector, Jesse, not the sales manager, Jesse, it's what advice would you have as like, if I was a business, if you're, I hired you as a business consultant, what advice would you have to some of these startups that came in in 2021 and they came in when everything was going well, we still want businesses in the space. We want competition. Maybe like you put your hand around their shoulder and you, you give some advice. What, what advice would you have to some of these startups? Um, be ready to burn some cash. That's really it. So we actually have, we, it's kind of a catch 22. Like we don't have, we can't take big risks because we have such a big engine behind us. Right. So there's a lot of these from legal risks to whatever it may be. Um, you know, people that are getting into, let's call it the fractional game or whatever they're startups. And so, you know, if they're filing with the sec, if they're not, you know, whatever, like they can take risks, risks accordingly. Well, we have to be much more careful, um, when it comes to those kind of things. So, uh, you know, I do believe that when, if you're a new company, you're just going to have to spend money. You're going to have to acquire market share. Um, if you're just an auction house, you're going to struggle. Uh, I think you need to have additional service offerings. Obviously, a lot of people are going um, NFT, tech, whatever it may be. I just think it's going to be it's going to take a little bit longer for people to really latch onto that. Um, so you better have some kind of unique service offering and just try to be innovative. I mean, really, like you can't just come out and copy what somebody else did and just put a different logo on it. Like that's not going to work. Like people can see through that these days. So uh, you really you really need to sit back and think and think about the end user in mind. Think about the collector. Think about the investor. Think about what they really need. And sometimes, like I said, you can come up with what they what they will need before they know they need it. And I feel like we've done that in the past with the vault, with lending, with all those things. I was listening. I tuned into a 1.37 p.m. stream. So it's NFT week in NYC, NYC and NFT. Okay. And Cranach, Gary's right-hand man who built VFriends, was on the live. And he was talking about how Gary met with uh, Jacob Locum, the owner of the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And they actually had an idea. This was all live. So, guys, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. They had an idea of starting a grading company that was innovative but competed with PSA and SGC. This is the Warriors owner. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Gary left that meeting and he was so impressed. He's like, dude, you knew more about that business than they did. And he's like, those who are closest to the dirt always know what their customers need. And I think what's cool about you guys is you guys, the dirt, it's you're always the terror. Yeah. Right, Jesse? It's the terror. That's what goes into the flavor profile of the wine. Are we wine? Wine? He knows a little bit about a lot of things. <laughs> I couldn't hear what the hell you were saying. I said the terrar, terrar. There we go. There we go. I still have two more more questions for you. Wait, but NYC, I have a joke. I have a joke. I I had a great idea also about NFT NYC. I should get royalties for this because I think AMC is actually doing it. You know, AMC, the television network. I wrote to them. You know, they have like suggestion box online. And I told them they should just go send some cameras to NYC NFT and they could get some like B-reels for The Walking Dead episodes basically <laughs> what would be the royalty <laughs> yeah you know who timed that shit uh, everybody's net worth is 80 percent less than what it was two weeks before and maybe you see who the true collectors are you are a true collector my friend you and your chromie squiggle so what are your other two questions for jesse if you can share so eric moved to south korea Right. Mm-hmm. About was three months ago, four months ago now. Something like that. It's beginning of the year. Yeah. Can you sh- so I feel like South Korea is a vault. I literally think of it like your vault. I don't know what happens there. Or just Asian market in general. <laughs> I don't nothing, know. Nothing can get out of like Asia and China, basically. <laughs> I don't think we get their media here. Right. And everything's media driven. So I'm curious, you know, how how is their market doing? You know, here we're saying our economy is struggling. What if their economy is booming over there? Right. Not, you know? I can tell you it's not. That's what I'm asking. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. better than it was last year because Eric's there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Eric's definitely moved the needle on, on all that. He's on a that. stimulus for the whole country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, look, we have we have clients obviously over in China and South Korea and Hong Kong and wherever you want to call it over there in, in Asia. And so um, we have a, a bit of a pulse on on what's going on over there. But you know, they've been a lot of people have been locked down and haven't left their apartments in months. Um, in Shanghai and those kind of places because of COVID. So it's still still kind of brutal over there. And it's always difficult because of the communist nature of China getting anything out of there. Um, they control everything. 
from a media perspective, from being able to bid in auctions, like using proxy servers and all this weird stuff to try to circumvent it. It's, it's a very complicated market over there. And, you know, it's no surprise that, um, you know, we're, we're looking at a lot of international things right now. I think everybody is trying to kind of unlock the next phase of, um, you know, the future of our, of our industry worldwide. And so that's another, you know, piece of the puzzle that, uh, we'll be announcing here probably in the next three to six months. So Andrew asked you about like what your advice to a startup would be. Mm -hmm. We've actually seen some, you know, we've worked with some and tell me if I'm wrong here. What I, where I thought you might go with it is um, know what you should be doing. It's great to be innovative. It's great to have tech, but let me just throw this out there. I don't think PWCC has a plan right now to break wax. Do you? I'm not. I'm not taking anything off the table. Oh, look at that! What <laughs> we just did. Want to break? I'm just going to start all sorts of rumors in this. Exactly. PWCC is breaking. No, I guess the point is, guys. You know, I mean, you know what you're good at, right? Mm -hmm. You know what you yeah. do. You know the customer service that's there. You provide basically a a a all in one tech driven service for buying, storing, and selling people's collections. You curate collections for people. You got customer service down. I don't see PWCC going uh, to Target and buying a bunch of retail blasters and breaking them online. Right? You know, good use of my time. <laughs> but, but but there are a lot of startups that. All right. So what we what we thought we were gonna do, we gave that ten days. All the all the all the all the targets have been looted anyway. We gave it ten days. We're gonna but switch. We're gonna you know I mean like your 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 comments are are pretty valid. I think the the point of the comment is you need a foundation to build off of. But before you can build anything else, you need that foundation, right? Yeah. So for us, the reason I say I'm not taking anything off the table from opportunity perspective Look what is I did. because <laughs> we feel like we have built that foundation in trying to perfect trading cards. So we focus on trading cards. We didn't, you know, everybody else was, was selling video games and comics the last year, and uh, we didn't even really do memorabilia. But now I feel like we're at the place where we have spent all the time and energy and resources that we have to perfect trading cards. And honestly... It is time for us to move on to other ventures. We've got trading cards figured out. That's just the truth of it. So um, that's why I say I'm not taking anything off the table. We have a, a lot of things that we're working on. I mean, a lot of things. And uh, there's going to be, even between now and the national, we'll have a couple of fairly large announcements um, to make. That, hey uh, now. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. To the we haven't made a lot of announcements. Jesse's coming to Cigar Night. <laughs> that's it. I, I will be there. I will be there. There we go. There we go. Corner them. Find out what the news is. Get the get the good stuff. What else are they going to sell? I'm trying to think. If they got trading cards cornered, hmm, Pogs. Pogs are coming back. Oh, man, I, I love a good slammer. <laughs> you remember those? You remember oh, yeah. Of course. Pogs? It was like grade oh, school. God. Yeah, man. Pogs. <laughs> so That's in it. December, we, we spoke with Peter from SGC, and he came to us. He's like, you know, we found that when people sub one card with SGC, they're willing to sub five, 10 and 20. All we need is to get one card in the door. They were, they were kind of like the third player in the space. Like we want to get to two. And I think if we get to two, we get to one. Do you think like, you know how you said a lot of people still don't know all the suite of offerings that PWCC offers. Is that first ask is that first, you know, foot in the door, send us five cards for us to vault and put into weekly. Is it send us five cards, just vault them with us and see the experience. What's that first foot in the door with PWCC for, some of our audience who has never used you guys. Um, a lot of times it's bidding, to be honest. Uh, that's the easiest. It's the it's the lowest barrier of entry. You don't have to ship anything. Um, you don't have to own any cards. You can start off by bidding. And we've seen that you know once somebody bids once, they typically come back. There's you know it's over fifty percent of them come back and keep bidding. Um, so just getting them in the door and getting them started is the important part. So you know you look at user acquisition costs. You look at the Lifetime, uh, lifetime value of a, of a user, you know, all those kind of things factor in to the different marketing channels that you may take and your spend and whatever it may be. But um, all I know is that our marketing budget is up like 4x what it was this time last year. So we keep we keep investing in the market and our company. Is it working? I think so. I think we're doing all right. I mean, bidding is the gateway drug. 
Because then the next thing you know, <laughs> you're winning. There's a then drug. You're vaulting, <laughs> right? Then you're vaulting, and then you're selling, and it's and know, it's, it's, it's like a button. Boom, look, there you go. Bid, bidding, win. bidding's addicting. Uh, buying, buying thing. I mean, look, why do you think Amazon, Amazon's so freaking big? People buy shit they don't need all the time, right? All the time. Um, <laughs> and and maybe you don't need that trading card, but damn it, it looked good that night after about three glasses of wine. That's it. That's so, it. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> buying is addicting. And trust me, I'm guilty of it. I buy cards elsewhere. Um, unfortunately, I can't buy anything off our website, but uh, so I miss a good chunk of, of quality stuff. So, so I have two questions that people are probably right. afraid to ask you, Jesse, but I'll ask them anyway. Sure. And you know, you can tell me, Kate, shut your fat mouth. I'm not answering that, but that's fine. I, I'll understand. Number one, we talked about market and bringing it back to market conditions, you know, the economy, the whole nine yards without going into numbers or specifics. Has there been, you know, a substantial increase in non-payers for you guys in any of your auctions? Is it, has it been something you, you barely notice? Has it been something that's like, oh my God, we this is a real issue now? Sure. Or has it just kind of been flat for the last six months or something like that? If, if you don't you, mind. If you remove that one crypto guy I talked about <laughs> from your auction, yeah. it is status quo. All right. Um, well, that's, is, I mean, that's good information, right? Yeah, well, that's, that's, I'd have to look at weekly and see how um, I, I just happened to be talking to our senior um, collection specialist this morning and was actually getting some of those numbers from him and saying like, Hey, how'd this last, last premiere shake up. Um, and honestly, and no one's been running into your office with the hair on fire saying, Oh my God, we got all these non-payers. It's no, like but look, that's also why premiere specifically, you know, the users are so highly curated, right? Like we, we vet them very heavily and, you know, high um, percentage of paying is, is important. And we've had premier auctions where every single card gets paid for. So that's, that's a huge focus of ours as a company. Awesome. And then the next one is this. So, you know, if I have people message me about PWCC auctions, is there, I don't want to call it like a, a suggestion box, but I guess that's the closest thing to what I'm talking about. You know, people who have like, oh, I had this, uh, you know, the, the, the one minute ticker was ticking down and, you know, it would have been easier if like I saw like a warning or, you know, hey, the premier auction, you know what they should do instead of just having it all end and you don't know if it's going to end, you know, maybe I got a suggestion for you. Maybe. Uh, if you have no bids in one minute, maybe a, a, like a warning comes across the top of the screen and says like, there was no bids in that last minute. This is it. Okay. We're closing in one minute. You know, like auction houses do that. Like, right. like fair warning email kind of deal. Like, so like, you I, want to extend it further, basically? Just like yeah. one minute. Like <laughs> if there's a minute where there's no bidding, you say, all right, guys, we got no bids in one minute. We're giving you one more minute, like fair warning. It's so, just, it's so funny because after the auction, the only complaints I ever get are for guys that were high bid on a card and that wanted to close like ASAP. Yeah. Um, so they'll no, hate but, that comment that no, you no, just made. But. Uh, but that was just an example that came off the top of my head. But yeah. I guess my question for you is if people are bidding, you know, obviously the tech's always changing. If they have an idea, I'm sure you've got a million geniuses, even though none of them, you know, are as smart as the people who are actually doing this stuff. Is there sort of like an email? Is, should they just email customer service if they have, or are you yeah, just like, hell with you guys, we don't care? The problem, to be frank, if it goes to CS, yeah, it'll think. probably get lost in the mix. Um, so myself uh, is probably right. a good a good. You're point. opening a floodgate. No, I'm just I know, kidding. I know. It's fine. No, if no, anybody no. really has a suggestion, they want to send it over. I'm happy to read them because you never know when you're going to get a great idea from somebody. It's just true. I've had. You know, I had somebody bring something to my attention last week that was very actually important for our company that we didn't notice and we fixed it. And um, it was a good, a great suggestion. So these those are all people who bid, you know, and, and then yeah, yeah, totally. I hey, know what was your challenge. It says item you bid needed to extend item. It literally says it right underneath the card. No, He's so that's, that's weekly. That's weekly. It doesn't do that. Oh, you got to play with the big boys. <laughs> yeah, that premiere. No, I don't have an issue. But people will send me and say, "Hey, by the way, I think I was high bidder on that, but maybe I wasn't. How does it work?" Or no, mm -hmm. I, maybe they should do this, this, and this. And and while I'm not going to say it's a good idea or a bad idea, I know if I didn't ask Jesse, I'm going to get a DM saying, "Why didn't you ask him about my issue?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, now you know. Message him." What about the guy yeah. who outbid me on the Kobe Gold Brilliance? Do we had a fun history? one, Jesse. He should be just banned from the platform. Just we had a fun one because he you wanted to win it. Yeah. I wanted and to he, go back. I didn't want to pay a lot. It was a great. Well, I, hey, I wish I guess could what? Another click of the button, and it could have likely been yours. <laughs> the, the, that, that was the back and forth. Carl and I called this a fifteen hundred dollar card, and we had a conversation with Cage. How? What? What are comps? You know, what's the value of something? Right? It's so. So this is a gold Kobe Brilliance PSA nine. Incre I think the Brilliance set from twenty thirteen. I, I have a crush on it right now. Uh, but I was like, I'll, I'll go up to three thousand on this card. Double what Carl Lauder says. And it ended at 3,800. And this guy kept with five seconds left. Extend. Extend. 
It, I swore I wanted to jump through the computer and rip it. Let me summarize. Card. Hey, I think I'm going to buy this card. Really? That's the one you want? Yes, that's the one I want. I really want it. Okay, well, keep bidding then. All right, well, someone else is bidding. I'm like, well, that's what happens. Well, I don't want it anymore. I'm like, I thought you wanted it, but I wanted it at a lower price. That was basically the back and forth. I'm not the big time lawyer in New I York. I wanted it at a lower paid price. Half a million dollars. I want all my cards under. at a lower price too, man. <laughs> we all do. But hey, look, honestly, right now, June, great buying opportunity. It's just, it's, it's, it's the truth. For a lot of, has been. A lot of different um, mediums. You know, yeah, a lot of different segments in our market are great by my friends right now. Explain to me like I'm a kindergartner why Shaq doesn't get any love amongst oh, no. the whales. Why don't people buy Shaq? I own Shaq cards and I don't understand it. I don't understand it. What's so funny, Cage? What's so funny about the greatest is... big man who ever played? I would la- well, that's actually laugh That's a big statement. But um, I'm And I'm a Laker fan. That's a big statement still. There's just – it's so many different eras – Man, that's 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 a that's he a turned and he, he sunned, you know, like internet culture sunned. He sunned people, like he would just turn and dunk on them. He had oh, forty yeah. and twenty in two thousand finals. I know, no, I get it. Let uh, me explain this to you in the best way I can. Now, for the fourth straight episode, you've brought up Shaq, and you know I'm a huge Shaq fan. Shaq got me back into the into basketball court. I, I moved from Griffey and Frank Thomas. To basketball card because of Shaq in 1992. I'm gonna explain it to you, okay? And, and trust me on this because I know something about it. The hobby doesn't love the big man. In general, they just spent six hundred thousand dollars on Wilt. It's one person. Is it because of his his other number? The advantage of the eye appeal on that card because a PSA 10 would sell for significantly <laughs> more than that. That card is probably nicer than most PSA 10s that are out there. So that's, it's, it's, I would say, a smart person. And Wilt yeah. is, Wilt transcends. Wilt is, you know, I mean, the well, reason why the, Jesse said calm down 60, about the Shaq is because of Wilt, probably. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's part of it. But the 61 Flare set for me is, it's my favorite set in all trading cards. Um, I mean, I just love it. You have a, you have a, a Chamberlain rookie, an Oscar Robinson rookie, a Jerry West rookie, Elgin Baylor rookie. I mean, it's just a it's a critically important set, and there's two versions. You know, there's the inaction versions as well of these guys, which are criminally undervalued. Also, by the way, um, if if I could buy anything right now in this market, it'd probably be all the inaction rookies of all those guys. Um, I just don't know what inaction. In two words: inaction. It's in like action. a subset within the cards. Yeah. So it's, it's not- instead of like a more of a portrait, oh. it's like them shooting or dunking or whatever it may be, but it's still from the same set. It's still a rookie. It's just not there. I mean, you know how like the yellow Ruth is worth more than the other three Ruths. Um, it's it's kind of similar to that. Like I like go- difference. I would say it's more like modern cards where Tatis has a rookie, but he also has a debut card in the set, mm-hmm. and the debut gets zero love. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I would say. Yeah. It, is. it just doesn't make any sense to me. I still think it's a it's a sweet card, and and I love action photos too. People always talk about in the modern card game, well, all that. That image sucks. Why'd they use that image for that card? And usually they want something in action. Mm-hmm. Why the hell aren't we talking about that from 1961? I mean, this is a sick card. There's a 1961 Bill Russell. It, I love the like the Will Chamberlain dunks a two-pointer. This Will, Bill Russell is um takes to the air. Here I'll share my screen. Thousand I remember bucks. when I remember when a Wilt 10 sold in the inaction. And I don't, I don't own any inaction cards, by the way. Just to be clear, I'm not trying to pump in action cards. Well, we, we always want to add value, and I think a lot of our audience might not even know about this set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is the only. This is technically a second year card for Bill Russell, right? Because there's just 57 tops and then 61. <laughs> Fifth fear. year, but second, second but release, second, yeah. Second year <laughs> card release, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the 2011 Trout rookies, right? <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Jesse, you're, you have three kids or four? Three. Oh, three. God, four. Actually, four might be easy. It wouldn't be an odd man out. <laughs> right. Do they, do they collect? Do they rip? Are they into this? Oh, God, we have ripped so much Fortnite, I can't even explain. Um, tons I know what I'm Fortnite. doing now. And and I have I have quite a few Fortnite cards. I bought singles as well. I got into it with the kids. I've never played one second of the actual video game. Um, and they haven't either, but they watch – all the stupid YouTube videos of the dances and all that kind of stuff. 
um, and their cousins play it. And so they got super into Fortnite. We also, you know, rip sports cards, all that kind of stuff. They, they love golf. So I've ripped some 2001 SP, you know, whenever I, I watch a ton of golf. So if golf's on TV, is Tiger playing? Is Tiger playing? Is Tiger playing? That's always the, so for, so for the last year, basically it's been like, sorry, no, he's still injured. But Andrew, yeah. uh, Andrew loves Fortnite also. I almost quit the hobby after ripping Fortnite on whatnot. But like but there were there were no hits. It was just this guy's axe, <clears throat> this person's mustache. You know what it is, Jesse? Like all good businessmen, he he turned a loss into a win. And after opening these cards on uh, Fortnite cards, you know, he was learning about the things. He his his account on OnlyFans is feely peely. And it just gets like a crazy amount of hits now. You know, he's the feely peely. I mean, it's just, you know. Are you just laying on a bed with peely cards all over you? He's dressed like a banana and he unpeels himself. I mean, it's, it's really good. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's artfully done. It, hey, peely is, peely is an extremely popular character. It's kind of crazy. I have seven boxes of these left. I don't know what to do with them. I'm going to give them away. I'm sending your kids a box of these, by the way. Oh, you don't need to do that. Rip it. I don't want this in my house. He did rip it, this and is... it was it was torture for him. He's like, what the hell is this? Hey, okay, awesome. so I'll be honest. Awesome. We ripped. I, I bought a pallet. Like a pallet. Of, like of packs. I bought 20,000 packs. And for about six months, we would have we'd have friends over, we'd do ripping parties. I'd throw 20 on the table. Anybody that pulls a black knight for you know family and kids and stuff, they get it, they get 20 bucks. So these kids would hit a black knight and get a $20 finder's fee and all this stuff. It was it was a blast. I wish I could still find them. Also look for these randomly inserted cards. Liars. We got base <laughs> cards. No randomly inserted hollows. So out of, out of 20,000 packs, I only hit three black knight hollows. 20,000 packs. Not easy to hit. And wow. I told I told my buddy about it. He bought 100 packs and he hit one. Like, go figure. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, I'm the cooler of ripping, though, so it's fine. No, but I mean, that guy's hooked down forever. Is that a Tim Grover line? Cooler, cooler, cleaner, and closer? Oh, yeah. (laughs) This guy's the man. What is coming up in the next month for PWCC? Don't give a specific announcement. Save that for your IG, but tease us. Um, Well, clearly they're breaking now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll be me too. <laughs> Converting strictly to breaking—that's all I'm going to be doing. <laughs> uh, so we okay. We have a couple of big announcements that'll come before the national. Um, one of them around liquidity, potentially two around liquidity, and one around infrastructure. I'll, I'll give you that. Liquidity and infrastructure—I love it. Yep, and they're they're pretty they're pretty big deals for us, and I think uh, I think one of them specifically for the market regarding liquidity. Not that you have to sell it, but I think it's a good way to close it out, right? I always love the people who are good at doing their 30-second elevator pitch. Always, People always tell me you have to have that ready, right? You know, for the, for the four people who've been living under a rock and don't already use PWCC for everything they're doing, you know, if you had the newcomer coming into the hobby, you know, someone who didn't come in in the, in the craze now, and, you know, they're thinking about bidding on PWCC, why use you guys? To quick. You know, yeah. to, to a new person. I think we have the full suite of services for everybody. So whether you're buying, whether you're selling, whether you're storing, whether you're lending, shipping, receiving, we handle everything. I mean, literally everything. Like if you want your life back and you don't want to have to open 27 eBay packages and you don't have to pack up seven eBay packages and you don't want to list that card yourself, have to deal with the back and forth from the eBay seller, have a guy say he's not going to pay. We handle all of that. Um, you're, Funds can live on your account. You can send them to yourself whenever you want. You can buy cards with your funds on account. You can lend via cards in the in the vault. I mean, we just have a slew of options, and we're going to keep evolving and adding tools uh, to everything that we offer. They remove the friction so you could have fun with cards is how I, I see it. And All I right, feely, peely. We don't want to hear about your friction. Friction, you know, right. Just, you know, it's just kids listening. Jesse. It's cool that I got to know you as a friend. I, I admire how you lead your team of young guys. That's probably the thing I, I respect the most about you. You're a cool dude. There's a ton of cool dudes in the hobby. But the way you lead, yeah, for sure. But the way you lead in the sense that you give autonomy and freedom of people to be themselves, because I, I know you're the sales team, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't even want to call them sales team, but that, that's, you know, you give them autonomy, it's but like you give them customer service, really, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> 
guys, be you, be your personality. Don't be anything, but here's our values and principles. This is what we're about. And I think that that balance is what I see from winning teams. You know, we always talk about, you know, what makes the Warriors so great? You know, Draymond, Iguodala, Steve Kerr, Curry, Clay. These are completely different personalities. Yep. They have core values, but an organization, uh, and Bob Myers, GM, and an organization, Wiggins, that lets you be who you are. Well, I'm remembering players' names. There's a common goal, right? Um, and so, you know, we, we always put the company first, but there's a common goal in mind for all of us. But individuality is important. And the beauty of our team, too, is that you know, not every client is going to mesh well with every sales guy. So we, we pass guys around and find the best fit for them because it's always company first. Um, so if, if you're watching this and you do have a sales guy that you aren't super happy with for whatever reason, your personalities don't mesh, let us know and we'll figure out another guy for you. That's totally okay. Love you, Luca Nation. Stay tuned. Saturday, PWCC weekly auction where we kind of go through all of the listings. How many listings do you guys have on average on weekly? Mm, 6,500 to 7,000, somewhere around there, typically. Mm -hmm. So we go through those and we do a little research to find some things that we think are cool. There's a power but buyer button, which is sick flash, which is, you know, auctions that are uh, kind of late Wednesday to Sunday. Jesse, thank you so much. See you in a month. Yeah. I'll uh, message you later. Fire, fire Eric Myers and find a sales rep that I, I drive with. A bit better. I don't know. I really love that. <laughs> you can't find another Eric Myers. I don't, I don't know, know if I want to on trees. <laughs> We love you, Luca Nation. And if you're a national, come by the PWCC booth, meet the guys, meet Jesse. Awesome team. Yeah, we'll have we'll have two booths at the national actually. So it'll be uh it'll be hard to miss. One in the corporate area and one out on the floor. Now I we see why the prices are so expensive and Luca Nation gets priced out. No big deal. <laughs> Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.